2: Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
1: wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis.
4: Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. (laughs) Welcome to my show. Remember, each week this is the place you go to, to hear the latest stories and news, thoughts, opinions, insights on so many different topics from angels to aliens, Bigfoot to holy encounters. This show is all about it. And I want you to know that you can go to my main website, which is HeidiHallis.com. Tell me what's on your mind. Tell me your stories. And if you want to ask questions, I will do my best to give the best insight that I can to uh, shed some light on these things. Because sometimes you just have to vent, right? I know that I do. And it really is helpful for me. When I get it off my chest. Or shadowfolks.com if you don't know how to spell Heidi. Uh, a lot of people don't, believe it or not. Uh, I know because I go to Starbucks and um, they do tend to not spell my name accurately, but that's okay. It's not a common name. I haven't met many Heidis in my lifetime, so I get it. Um, so, anyways, again tell me what you'd like me to talk about here on this show because that's what it's all about and i have had several people tell me about a certain topic that i can also relate to when it comes to reincarnation Mm -hmm. yeah we sometimes think that we may have been here before and i for one can say i have some inclinations on some things and Oh, rather interesting details that um, I think you might find interesting. And, um, you know, I like to dabble in all sorts of topics. I I don't like to just sit and uh, not get the answers that I, I have a curiosity about. But there is one that's always eluded me for a very long time. And, uh, you know, I said my New Year's resolution is going to be about me being more honest about my spiritual understandings. And uh, so I'm going to be more painfully honest than usual about some of the things that uh, I've come across and come to understand, especially in these last couple of years. And uh, so I'm going to share something uh, about uh, what might be potentially a reincarnation type of situation for myself that uh, I recall and um, so here goes the story so I was still in college and I was talking to my college roommate just sitting on the couch sitting on my futon and uh, I got up off my couch and I went to go walk across the living room and I was just gonna go use the restroom really quick and we we're having a conversation And as I go take a few steps away from the couch, I mean, all of a sudden, my vision was changed. I wasn't in my living room anymore. Suddenly, I was looking at a scene in space, and I knew what I was looking at was the center of the universe. And in the center of the universe was this big bright light. It was a spinning sun is the best that I can um compare it to. And there were stars everywhere. And I mean, the stars, oh, I get goosebumps. They were so close, closer than I'd ever seen. And I knew this place. I knew this place like it was my backyard, like the back of my hand. I mean, it was so familiar. And um, the sun, it was spinning, and it, and it spun clockwise, okay? And up to the, I mean, looking at it from here, <laughs> from this planet, <laughs> to the upper left, there was a spinning red light. And I knew that place, that spinning red light, was um, like a library of knowledge. Like anything and everything that's ever happened got stored there. And, um, yeah, it's just so wild to me and uh, I'm, I'm never bored in sharing this. And I, I probably shared a little bit on this in the past, but this is, uh, this, uh, always takes me back. Um, so when I'm looking at this scene in space, I see there's trillions upon trillions of lights in this spinning sun. Okay. And each of these lights, I know it's a soul and I'm one of those lights, one of those souls. And oh, I compare it to being like a love soup because this light was just love. And I knew it had a name. It was called the source. Um, thoughts, ideas, goals, missions, lifetimes, everybody. All the lights contributed to a thought that went clockwise in this light, too. So it would spin with us, these thoughts, ideas, and everybody would 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 contribute to the thought as it passed them. And then it would go to the center of the light, and it would become one, like it was agreed upon, like this was it. And the thought came by on a mission, literally a mission that needed to be done. And I remember thinking... Yeah, that's something I could do. And as soon as I did, I was shot out of this light, this love soup. And it just like pulled my heart. Like I I just felt like saying, I take it back (laughs) because it hurts so bad to be taken from there. But I was sent to go get trained on other places, so many places to be prepared for this life that I'm living right now, to be born here right now to be working on the things that I have been working on now and um, it's just so wild to me but part of my reason for being here believe it or not well the big part is uh, to be here informing on the topic of shadow people and uh, the Hatman phenomenon shadow people being these shape-shifting Uh, demonic-like entities that have essentially not originated from this planet, but from others. That sounds strange, doesn't it? But when you think of negativity being a force, doesn't matter where it comes from. Uh, You know, we see God and angels as being from elsewhere and from above as well. Well, negativity, uh, fallen angels, where have they fallen from? Well these negative things have come from elsewhere and uh so shadow people um work for a demonic head or what I named as Hat Man and is also I've learned um by just an image <laughs> of Rudolf Steiner's uh carving of something called Eremon it, it it is the same creature. Hat man is Aramon. Um if you don't know what that is, uh, feel free to look up my show where I talk about that, and it's called Aramon. Uh, so I think you'll you'll find that to be interesting. So, and what is Hatman? Um, <laughs> he is today's modern day devil, and he will tell you his as well. Funny thing, looking at the statue of Aramon, <laughs> and uh, Rudolf Steiner said this is the devil as well. So not a coincidence so yeah coming um having these memories and knowing what i came here for is uh been something of a trip and something i've always tried to find answers for that if other people have experienced such a thing if other people spontaneously remembered where they came from now mind you i was standing in the middle of my living room when all this came to me of what I was supposed to be doing and I just wanted to drop out of school I didn't want to be training anymore I was just done I just I had a very difficult time uh, wanting to be here to be working on petty things like a degree I just wanted to get on top of what I came here for so I could return home uh, not that I wanted to die but I wanted to hurry up <laughs> and get back home that that was what was important to me. It was so difficult. Um, but it's interesting. I came across uh, my guest here today, and, and he researches reincarnation. And I popped the question to him and his uh, research group about people who spontaneously recall where they came from. And it was not something commonly heard of and and i know this because i've asked many a people over the years and researchers and i just can't seem to find anyone who has heard of such a thing and i believe it might have been my first incarnation my first memory before other carnations so it's just kind of kind of different but you know i'm not certain i i remember what i do just to like put me on track to uh get started so I have landed where I am today here talking to you guys Um, so yeah it's it's been quite a ride and I'm always learning and uh, this is why I always say I don't judge people for what they believe to be true for themselves because hello I'm the queen of weird Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding but it's like how how can I place judgment on people to say oh no that's going too far I have seen and experienced some extraordinary things and I am not uh, a guru. I'm not a psychic. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm just like anybody else trying to better understand this very strange uh, reality that we are all in. And uh, I'm telling you, after I recalled all of this, I remember one of my first words, here's my friend sitting there and I'm like, how could I forget? How could I forget? How could I forget who I am and what I came here for? Were my exact words. I I was so taken aback by getting distracted and off the path of what I knew I came here for. And, uh, you know, it's a strange and rare thing, I guess, uh, for people to have that kind of memory, that kind of recall. But, um, you know, Children, children are more likely to have these types of understandings because they're so freshly here. I didn't quite understand then why I had the memory return, but now I really, really do. And I always say I'm painfully honest about the things that I understand that have come my way, but there has been a very major topic that I have not addressed. And um, with good reason, with good reason. It has a lot of attachments to it. And I promised myself uh, that I'm gonna tackle it this year and I will be doing that. So in the near future, <laughs> i'll find a way <laughs> oh boy but you guys are in for a treat because uh we're gonna talk all reincarnation and uh, i think it's i think it's gonna really uh be a pleasant surprise what you learn here all right you guys you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iHeartRadio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network stick around we will be right
3: back
2: Listen to Finally a
1: Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. As promised, I have a fabulous guest. James, or Jim Matlock, received a BA in English from Emory University and a PhD in Anthropology from the University of Southern Illinois at Carbondale. He has worked at the American Society for Psychical Research in New York City and at the Rhine Research Center in Durham, North Carolina, and is presently a research fellow of the Parapsychology Foundation in New York. Jim manages a popular Facebook group called Signs of Reincarnation and teaches a 15-week online grad-level seminar on reincarnation research and theory. He's the author of Signs of Reincarnation, Exploring Beliefs, Cases, and Theory, and is a co author of I Saw a Light and Came Here Children's Experiences of Reincarnation. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to Jim Matlock. How are you doing today, Jim?
0: I'm just fine. I'm glad to be
3: here.
4: Thank you so much for joining us. You have been involved in a lot of areas of research. In so many different forms that involve reincarnation, and I'm I'm curious, what got you involved in this topic?
0: My my lifelong dream, you know, at least in in through childhood until until through college, was I wanted to be a writer, you know, a fiction writer. Uh, but I, I you know I struggled like many writers do, just couldn't make money at it. So I decided, well, I'm going to try to do some nonfiction. So I went to my local library. Um, I was living in Arlington, Virginia at the time. And I, so I went to my local library and I was looking around and I had gotten interested in esoteric type things. So I was looking in that area and I I, I came on books on reincarnation, right? Uh, this was back, you know, late seventies, you know so there wasn't, the new age stuff was beginning to come out then. Um, and that's, that's basically that there was and there were some of Ian Stevenson's books too. Um, and I sort of looked at them but they were different from the others. So I started off with the easy ones, right? Uh, And then got to Stevenson later. But when I got to Stevenson, I I saw the difference immediately. And uh, that's what got me hooked. But it wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up with thinking about it. You know, that's how I got into it.
4: That's amazing. Do you know people that uh, experienced this and just so happen to bring this up to you? It, it seems to be that when people are involved in a certain area of such research, it just seems like you're, you've got a target painted on your back. Like people suddenly spontaneously start speaking on these things. Has that been something that you've experienced?
0: Well, yeah, you know, I sometimes, I mean, you know, uh, it, it used to be. I don't, I don't go out so much now. But when I was younger, you know, and and I would talk about it at parties or whatever. Some people would, would say things, yeah, you know. And I did some, you know, I started doing interviews then, you know. But um, but it is sort of changed over time as I as I got more involved in the uh, the professional aspect of it. That's you amazing. Know, I, I just uh, you know it, it the way I I dealt with it changed.
4: That's amazing. I I just find these odd coincidences to be uh, of importance somehow. Like we get triggers through our lifetime. And uh, it points us in that direction, and we, when we reflect back, we're like, "Oh yeah, you know, so and so did say something, or, or this happened." And I, I just find those uh, those little markers along our path to be so important. What yeah. what have been some of these revelations that you found in some of your deep research into these topics?
0: Uh, I, let me just say, I mean, I've done two types of research. I've done sort of book research, right, reading and studying, and and I've also done research by talking to people, right. So uh, you know, and then investigating cases going beyond just talking to people, but actually if there's a good case of this, and we, I need to sort of maybe explain for, for listeners who don't know what it is that I'm studying, what it is that I'm studying, right? You know, and, and that is what what, I'm, what reincarnation research is interested in, at least mine, the what I do is not, not the regression stuff, not past life regression, which many people associated with reincarnation research, but with people, um, particularly young children, and they can be two or three years old, sometimes even younger than that, when they begin to start saying things and relating memories of previous lives and that's what I'm interested in. the young children uh, who re- re- you know talk about uh, previous lives seem to remember them um, because when it's sometimes with the young kids they'll say enough things they'll remember names, they'll remember enough details that you can actually go and figure out who they were, what, whose life they're remembering, right? Um, and then once you've made that connection and know who they're talking about, then you can compare the two, those two lives. And that's where it really gets fascinating. And so that's, that's, that's sort of, you know.
4: Now, is, that, is that typical for those who look into the topic of reincarnation? Do they generally look for the young children? Or are, are there some that specialize differently?
0: Well, the, you know, they are beginning to get some who specialize in adult cases, uh, but yes, Ian Stevenson, who started this uh, this study systematically in the 19, early 1960s, uh, worked mainly with children. He also worked with some older subjects too, uh, but mainly with children because it turned out that uh, they have the strongest, most developed kind of memories, and uh, they're, they're most likely, we use the word solved, that's when we've, we've actually began being able to verify and um, trace the previous person that they're talking about. Um, uh, they, they have the better developed cases. I mean, they have more memories, they have behaviors that turn out to correspond to the behaviors of the youth person. They may have, also have physical traits that correspond, it turns out, to the previous person. So um, he preferred to work with young children for that reason, partly and the other the other the other the other part of the reason was that um from an evidential point of view because he was trying to to show that this stuff you really can't explain any other way except for reincarnation um is that with young kids you can you can be pretty sure because they've been at the home the whole time right around their mothers whatever um they haven't been out you know and um uh he worked a lot overseas, you know, and back in the 60s and 70s, where, you know, many of these families didn't have TV, there wasn't internet and all this. And so there weren't many sources of information right outside the family. So you could be relatively sure that the kids couldn't have learned these things that they're saying somewhere. So so.
4: interesting. So some of these patterns that uh, you share in some of your research, can you share
0: here what some of those patterns are? Sure. Um, well, let me start with some of the basic ones. Um, the, the kids start really early. I mean, as I say, two or three, up to maybe four, you know, five, is when they start talking about the memories. And then after five, they're usually, not always, but usually they start to fade. Um, and so you have this, this short window here where you can get them, you know, you can find them, you know, the really interesting um, ones. Um, and then as they get older, you know, and, and in later childhood, mostly they'll fade. Um, but not always. We know now, we, we have studies now of memory, past life memory retention, and we know that some, some children retain some of their memories into adulthood. But by and large, so they tend to forget. So those are, those are part of the patterns cross culturally that we see and over time, because we, we have these cases going way, way back in time now. People have found them mentioned in very early historical sources. Um, And it's always the same sort of thing. All right, so along with that, you know, there'll be these, there'll be memories, just spontaneous memories, right, that they'll talk about. synonyms and dreams, but very often with the young kids, just in the waking state. And then when you you can um, verify their memories and identify the previous person, solve the case, then You can compare the two lives and then that's when you start seeing that their personalities are the same, that they're behaving in ways that are similar, right? You know, Maybe they have a birthmark that corresponds to something. It it can be a wound, many people know about that. But it can also be like earring holes or something. Anything that's personal to the person can show up as a birthmark. And sometimes birth defects too. So those are the basic sort of things that we see.
4: That's amazing. So the the children that you've come across, you mentioned going overseas uh, prior. That uh, a lot of the, a lot of the research that I was coming across did seem to gather a lot of um, information from overseas. Is it, yeah. is it culturally more acceptable in these
0: places, or you know what? What sure. are you doing with that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because you, if you go to places like India or Burma or Thailand, you know they're Buddhist. Or are Hindu cultures, right? They believe in reincarnation. and So there isn't so much resistance when you have these children. Or in the Middle East, like the Jews people believe in reincarnation. And when you, you go into a society that already has that belief in place, and you've got a kid who, who you know, who, who seems to remember a previous life, you sort of more accept it. Whereas in the States or in Britain or in Europe, a, you know, it's, it's becoming, it's different now. People do listen and pay attention more than they used to. But there's still sort of the tendency to be wary of it, right? And, and not take it so seriously. Um, but, but these cases do occur in the West too. It's not
4: that the parents are encouraging this pattern in these other cultures, though, is it? Or why are no. these coming forward so much more easily
0: sometimes? Yeah. No, it's not necessarily. In fact they'll often discourage it because they're afraid of it and they have various techniques uh, to actually try to suppress the memories and some of these are kind of magical or they seem kind of silly like turning the kid counterclockwise on a potter's wheel something like that right it's supposed to inhibit the memories because they're afraid of various things they can be afraid that Uh, They're going to cause problems for them if they get older, they can be afraid that if the case is solved, the other family is going to come want to get them. Uh, they can be afraid if, they, if the kids are remembering the murderer, that that the murderer is going to come kill them or something, things like this, you know, so so yeah, even in these cultures, even though they're more receptive, they're not necessarily encouraging. Them.
4: That's uh, something I hadn't thought of, you know, if they were murdered yeah. or something or uh, past life might come to haunt them in that regards, but yeah. that's that's yeah. wow that, yeah, so some things to food for thought. Um, well, we're going to get to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes.
1: This is a show about women.
5: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network i have jim matlock who is speaking about his fascinating research when it comes to reincarnation and we're speaking of children especially those overseas that come from different backgrounds and uh have interesting reasons why the family might uh, suppress some of the memories i thought it was something more supportive but Jim, you gave a really interesting uh, angle on it to, to think that some of these families are, uh, they would see it as, as being problematic for them in their future, that they would recall such a thing, or even if they were murdered, that uh, the past murderer might come to get the kid or something. So that's perspectives I, I certainly would have never thought of, because when I think of reincarnation, and I don't know about others, but I think of uh, you know big gaps between lifetimes, but what is the pattern that you're seeing with that with the time period between lifetimes with these children
5: yeah
0: yeah okay that that's a really good question, and something that uh, yeah uh, that, that it, because many people do think of a very long time between lives, maybe even centuries um and there is a difference between Asia and the West because we do have these cases in the West too. But in Asia, the time, the period between lives is often only of months or most a few years. The median um, time is only like 15 months, right? You know, median, that means there are half as many shorter and half as many longer. So there are plenty with longer too, but, um, but 15 months and that's between death and rebirth, in in that in that short period of time, not all that much has changed, right? And and so when you solve a case, when you verify it, and the kids, um, and, and the other thing in Asia, is that most of these lives are not are lived not that far away. Again, talking about the median, it's only twenty five kilometers, which is like fifteen point five miles. That's all the distance between the lives. Um, And and that means that the kids can go back there, right? And they can meet the people that they were before, or the families can be afraid that they will, right? and so so that's why it's there's two things in combination the they, they, they live the previous lives not long before and then not far, not far away that create these sorts of fears.
4: And that's what you see in Asia. It's, that's an interesting pattern. So the people often reincarnate within their same community. It, I, there's less adjustment period, that's for sure. Um, I would imagine that doesn't happen all the time so is that the odd person out all the time out of games and social activities are they being reincarnated in a culture they're not used to potentially
0: potentially i mean there are what we call these international cases or interethnic cases too um i within a country it's it's not always you know within your what I like to call comfort zone, you know, you're saying, but, but very often it's, it is in the same ethnic group, the same religious group, um, uh, as well as the same region. Uh, now in larger countries like the United States, it could be a more of a distance, but still in the United States, right? So, um, but yes, there are some cultures, uh, there, are some, there are some cases uh, that uh, the previous slide was in a very different culture. Uh, these international cases that's
4: really interesting you know what it makes me think of I'm sure you've heard of uh, when people cross over to the other side and they mention having these soul groups these family soul groups and it's as if they experience life on that side and come back even always together on this side so if there's many family members or soul members still on this side they reincarnate uh, potentially to be back with them is that Something that's very
0: plausible. Well, I, I guess it's a little bit complicated. Um, on the one hand, uh, yes, we do see a lot of cases like family connections, like particularly if a child dies very young, it's very likely to come back to the same parents. And there, there can be other, you know, even if you know grandparents often come back as grandkids, you know, or great grandchildren or something. I mean, there are a lot of cases that are in, that have family connections like that. Um, but beyond family connections. Although there are cases, the plenty of cases with, with acquaintance connections, we call them, family, acquaintance, strangers, three classifications there. Still, there are a lot of stranger cases, too. So, so, yeah, on the one hand, we do see reincarnations to people we knew before, right? Um, but on the other hand, what you asked about, you know, the intermission period is what we call it, the period between lives, the discarnate period. Yes. Um, Yeah, I mean, we don't see, at least in these spontaneous cases, these cases where, you know, where where the kids are just talking about their memories, they don't talk about having uh, been with soul groups um, so much. I mean, it's an idea that's definitely out there, and you get it in in the regression stuff, but you don't get it in these spontaneous cases, which is quite interesting, you just don't. Um, (laughs) It's very rare uh, that... um, uh, that they they see somebody there that they later reincarnate with further.
4: So those uh, cases of people where they make a soul connection, like they, make, they met their soulmate and they're just like, this was meant to be. Do you find sometimes that it was meant to be because they actually did know each other
0: priorly or? Well, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the assumption when people, that's often what they mean by soulmates, people they have been together with before. Um, you know, you know, and it's possible, right? I mean, if you're reincarnating in the same area, life after life, after life it's logical you can run into the same people again, but you know, but we don't see in the cases now it may be, I mean, we only have like 1700, um, of soft cases and that's a fair number, right? But if you think about how many people there are, it's not very many. And so it's really quite a small sample. In one way, it's a big sample, but in in other ways, it's really a small sample and we have to keep that in mind. So, you know, what we see in that sample isn't necessarily representative of everything that's going on, right? And we need to keep that in mind too. Uh, But in those 1,700 cases, and it's a little bit more than that, but in that 1,700 plus cases, we just, we don't see that sort of thing, right? We don't see, when we compare two lives, we don't see people hooking up again, you know, in two lives.
4: When a case becomes solved, uh, that's interesting. So there's 1,700 that have been solved where you're able to connect the dots and figure out um, where a child may have come from. So it's kind of a big deal when you're able to connect those dots. I thought this was something that happens a lot more often, but, huh that's that's interesting i in this field having been in it for so long i've come across many a people who say oh i have a, a memory of but yeah connecting right. the dots is the challenge that that is not an easy feat yeah. But i think there's a lot of people that have tidbits
0: yeah i um now that 1700 uh, comes from uh, ian stevenson's um uh collection at the at the university of virginia it doesn't count other uh cases that others of us have uh, have investigated. So it's more than 1,700, but I don't think quite 1,800 yet um, of these cases that have been solved. Now, I, I have a Facebook group called Signs of Reincarnation and a lot of people come on there and tell their stories. And it's quite interesting. I mean, you know, a lot of, I would say in the West and we hear, particularly in the United States for some reason, we hear a lot of family connections, family cases. And so if we include all of them, we're going to get a lot more, right? Because those are solved. Those are relatively easily solved, right, if it's a family member. um, You know who it was. But uh, in the 1,700 cases, the majority of them are not family members. So that makes them much harder to solve. Um, And and that that may be one factor, a big factor, keeping the numbers down. Yeah,
4: that's uh, that's interesting point to make. It's like you're saying, like uh, there's a an inner realization. I, I've seen um, uh, some programs on television and uh, the conversations are, you know, a, a child having a memory of something that happened to a, a, a brother that passed or something. And it's like and then right. they were born and it's like, oh, it's, right. you know, I wonder how many conversations happen around the kitchen table that just don't get reported because up. Oh, problem right. solved. Mom recognizes that story. It was her childhood right. past, reincarnated. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think, uh, you know, but more and more people are talking about, they talk about it in my group and other, you know, uh, you know, in other groups on Facebook and in Reddit and all over social media. Uh, they're talking about these things now much more than they're used to. Um, so I don't think it's that we have more of this sort of thing going on now. I think it's just people feel freer to talk about it.
4: Definitely a lot more accepted. And uh, it's kind of a cool thing to watch because when you have that yeah. inner knowing and, and it's nice to be comforted knowing you're not the only one. Uh, I, I think it's, yeah. uh, it makes a lot of difference out there. And uh, so the research continues. Where are you diving into now?
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I've got I, I've got one case that I've pretty much finished investigating that I've got a, a paper in press, or at least under submission for, it hasn't quite gotten, when you, you send things to peer-reviewed journals, right, the peers have to review them, right, and they, they send you back their comments, and then you have to revise, and that's what the stage is. I haven't yet gotten uh, the comments back from the reviewers. Um, but this is an interesting case. It's an American case um, of a guy who, in a dream at first, he also had some waking memories, but he had a, he had a nightmarish dream. Uh, started off as night terrors when he was really young and then a dream, a nightmare of having um, uh, died um, when his car, the car he was riding in, um, was caught in a flood. And uh, just by luck, he managed to uh, to figure it out. Uh, He happened to be watching um, something on YouTube uh, that was about um, a major flood uh, in the in the Los Angeles area, uh, back in 1937. I mean, uh, people out on the West Coast may be aware, you know, may, may know of it. Quite, but those of us on the East Coast, you know, we're just not. Um, it was a 1937 New Year's flood. It was a major flood. I mean, wow! Even, uh, let's, yeah, hold, it, it,
4: let's hold it right there, Jim, so we get to our next break. You guys, you okay. are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio And Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I don't understand what the big fat
0: ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes.
1: This is a show about women.
4: welcome back you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iheart radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network I have Jim Matlock and he was sharing about a fascinating story about a man who had initially dreamt of drowning in a flood in 1937, you said, Jim, please to continue. Yeah, yes,
0: 1937. Uh, but yeah, I, he, he had this nightmarish dream um, uh, for years. I mean, and it would cause him to wake up um, uh, from it, uh, you know, and he felt like he, he had caught in this flood and uh, he had died. Uh, in it. Uh, and then he, he was uh, watching um, uh, a program on YouTube and, uh, you know, and it gave him the clue and he figured it out. And what it was related to actually was in a major, major event, night, what's called a 1937 New Year's flood in the L.A. area. Um, you know, and this continues to happen, that, that you get these floods there, right? I mean, you know, every few years, um, you, you get these fires there, right? And it burns off all of the vegetation and then you, the rains come, right? You don't get that much rain out there. And so w- w- when the rains follow, major rains follow the burn off of all of the vegetation, you can get mudslides. And that's what happened here. It was a major, major mudslide in 1937. Um, it, was, it happened New Year's Day, early New Year's Day. This, and it, this is a sex change case. He was a girl um, and she was, Uh, uh, driving with their family. They they had spent uh, uh, New Year's Eve with friends and they were driving back home. um, And they just got caught in a freak freak accident here where one of the um, streams flowing down from the mountains uh, carrying this huge inundation of water uh, just caught their car. They just happened to be on the bridge at the wrong time. And uh, but it, it happened exactly as it, as as, she had dreamt, as he dreamt it having happened. It's a really a very interesting uh, uh, story for that reason. Uh, and you know this points up something that I should note because we were talking earlier about the cases in Asia having very short intermissions between lives. Here we're talking about an American case that had a much longer one, right? And that's typical. In Western cases, instead of just 15 months, which is the global median intermission length. Uh, we're talking about 25, 30 years. Wow. West, right, so a big difference. Um, you know, so it's, it's really, so what, so, him having a memory of this is not that unusual, really, for an American case.
4: That's amazing. Uh, Do you think there's a reason behind
0: that, why there's such a big difference in the timing? Yeah, there has to be some sort of a reason, but what? I, You know, I think one possibility is we have this idea we in the West. We have this expectation. It's part of our culture that we're going to meet loved ones when we die, right? And so maybe they hang around for us, you know, it's, because they expect, to be there for us or they expect to see us right and they, that could be part of it another another possibility is in asia you just got a, a much greater population density um, and along with that much higher birth rate right and so there's more opportunity to come back faster and so maybe it's a combination of those things we don't really know but when we look at the cases this is what we see it's a very strong battle.
4: That's interesting. You know, I'm really, really fascinated about the in-between lifetime. What are you hearing is going on in between this time?
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's very, it's very similar to NDEs, actually. Um, now, we don't hear too much about the tunnel or the light. Sometimes we do. But in NDEs, they also often talk about, you know, uh, seeing different figures there, right? Spirit figures. Sometimes deceased relatives uh but you know not always uh and in these intermission memories that's what we call them intermission memories um they'll also see these spirit figures right but the there's there's an interesting and here we're coming back to these cultural differences and here it's easier to explain the cultural differences because they have to do with how people perceive things right so in the west uh they'll perceive the figures as being jesus or, or angels, or sometimes God. In Asia, they'll talk about figures doing the same sorts of things, that is guiding them or you know, helping them out or you know, teaching them or whatever. But they'll identify them in their terms, right? You know, according to the deities of their area or in Buddhist culture, see them as monks or whatever. You know? um, and so it's the same sorts of roles, but they're perceived according to the culture. Do they appear the same? Uh, Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, you know, uh, they have the same roles, but the appearances are often tailored to that culture, too. So that, you know, in in Asia, they'll be described as wearing uh, yellow or uh, uh, white monk's robes or being attired, you know, as they imagine their deities to be retired, you know. Whereas in the West, they'll say, oh, this person looks like Jesus, whatever, you know, we imagine Jesus to look like, right? Uh, and if you see pictures of Jesus, it's probably not what Jesus really looked like, right? But, that's, but when they see pictures of Jesus, that's what they, they say, oh, that that's, looks like the person that I saw, so. So does this
4: mean that we have some kind of control over our destiny
0: uh, on the other side in between lives? Um, Well, yeah, but that's a different, that's a different issue. Yeah. I can talk about that too. I think what this means is that um, when we die, and this makes sense to me at least when we die, we just like continue, our consciousness like continues, right? So our beliefs continue, our cultural conditioning continues, right? And so that can de- that influences then how we see things right because we're 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 created we're created by our cultures right we're influenced and we're shaped by them and so when we die all that stuff is still with us and and that influences you know what we see
4: what about the atheist that has this type of experience what
0: as the pattern for them? Well, you know, some of them um, are surprised. I mean, there have been atheists who have NDE's and come back all surprised. There have also been um, people, I don't know, real atheists, but people definitely who are not believers um, uh, in survival or reincarnation in particular from Western cultures, right, who have these experiences. So um, it doesn't seem to depend on that. but it, it, but how one, exp- what one experiences does seem to depend on, on one's you know. Call. Now, it doesn't get to the point where if you don't believe in survival, you're not going to survive. That doesn't get that far. What I'm saying, but um, but even even atheists, agnostics, if they grow up in, in a Western culture, still have some ideas of Western religions, right? You know, and so that's how they interpret things.
4: So it still remains along the same lines of those uh, that have these experiences and they're agnostic or atheist. They still kind of go along with the cultural surroundings?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something else here, uh, which is really this is statistically very, very, very strong. Um, In in the Asian cases, they imagine the uh, the intermission period the afterlife as passing not in heaven like we do in western cases but in a in a realistic terrestrial setting like they'll talk about spending in a tree for instance or you know one person who was in a shell a conch shell things like this and from that from that yeah because they don't have the same idea that they they go to heaven right you know you know so they imagine that they stay around right you know, here, if you hear things like that, they, we think of, uh, you know, earthbound souls. I mean, that's the term people use that type of thing. Well, uh, in Asia, they're all sort of earthbound souls in that sense, uh, but not in a negative sort of way. That's just how they imagine it. That's Whereas fascinating. It, yeah, it, is, it really is. And it's uh, like I say, I mean, when we, uh, when we did a study like this uh, of looking at these intermission memories, cross-culturally, that's one of the things that we found. That's very amazing. Small, that's a, yeah.
4: something you don't hear about very often. How can people get a hold of you if they want to share their experiences or, or get some of your work?
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, if they're on Facebook, the easiest thing to do is to go to my group, Signs of Reincarnation. They can also go to my website, which is jamesgmatlock.com. Um, You know, and I have my email on there and and other things about me and my papers. Wonderful. You
4: definitely have the appropriate last name for the type of research that you do. (laughs) 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 I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jim. This has been very, very fascinating.
0: Absolutely, Heidi. Yeah. Wonderful.
4: Thank you so much. Wow. I cannot thank Jim Matlock enough for coming on the show today. Absolutely mind-blowing information. I mean, 15 months for most other places in the world except for us. I mean, wow. But, you know, it kind of makes sense because, like, if I crossed over and my family members were expecting to see me, I might hang out a little bit longer so I could see them. I mean, that makes sense. So the soul grouping thing, I wonder if that's more exclusive to us over here because of that. But then, hello, here's in the other countries, they are kind of reincarnating within the same society, within the same family. It's, it's kind of all over, but they just seem to accept it more. Huh. And food for thought. Absolutely food for thought. But you guys, I want to remind you to go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com and tell me what you want to hear on this show. If there's a certain topic you want me to discuss. I am all ears. If there's a story or something that you've experienced and you want some insight, hello, send it on over. And uh, I will get to it. And you know what? I got to tell you, too, if you have research or if you know somebody that has research and you want to have that explored here on the show or shared Please do tell me about it, and you are always welcome to come here on this show and share your story directly. But I am telling you, nine times out of ten, people really prefer to have me read the emails off. I don't mind, and the more details you put, the better. So, or you can write me directly at HeidiHollis at gmail.com. So, (laughs) H-E-I-D-I-H-O-L-L-I-S or ShadowFolks.com. People seem to remember that one easier. But, uh, alright, you know what? You have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me. Heidi Hollis on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network we will see you next time please stay safe everybody goodbye